How are you today? All right. Mm. Sweet, sweet, sweet. When we come together, there's a, there's a chemicalization that happens. And it's sweet. And as I do my spiritual practice and, and continue to observe that and experience that, it continues to become sweeter and sweeter. And I want to share, I've been using as inspiration the last month, Michael Beckwith's book, Spiritual Liberation. And I want to plant some seeds because one of the principles I'm going to talk about today is conversation. And the honor that I have and the privilege that I have an opportunity to participate in every week is conversation. And a lot of thought goes into it. I wake up every morning, Saturday evening, Sunday morning around 4, and the conversation starts for me. And it's always quite magical, and it continues to get sort of serendipitous and magical. But it's being open to that conversation. And I want to I read a paragraph to you this morning that I think is an absolute... If you only remember this this morning, fantastic. Michael says this, You want to keep the content of your consciousness attuned to the harmonious flow of life. The reason I want to share that is because we're going to step into it in an even more rich way right now with, with a, an affirmative prayer. And to the laws governing the universe, and as you catch the realization that your consciousness is limitless, you will realize that, in quotations, I am here to live beyond self-imposed boundaries, to break through the flimsily constructed ceiling on my experience of life. You will then participate in the co-creative dance of life, not as a successful problem solver, but as an individual who is taking full possession of your spiritual inheritance of joy, love, harmony, and creativity. You are not here to merely survive, but to soar. To express and release the dynamic power of consciousness residing at the deepest center of your being. I want to share that with you this morning because we're here to soar. And if I don't talk about that, then you're going to be thinking about how cold it is outside or you've got to shovel the walk when you get home or, or whatever it is. And I, you're just here to soar. And so my demand in this moment for us, myself and you, is to understand we're here to soar. So let's soar. Let's allow, allow this music, let's allow the words, let, let's allow the collective consciousness of this environment to lift our conversation and keep it in heaven. And if we can do it here, we can do it anywhere. So I invite you, if you'd like to stand and sing with me, if you'd like to stay seated, let's sing and know that it's the vibration of the words and it is the intent of soaring, that we are so radically alive in these bodies, these body temples that carry us forward in so many beautiful, powerful ways. This is our eternal moment. This is the opportunity. In this very room there's quite enough love for all the world and in this very room there's quite enough joy for all the world and there's quite enough love and quite enough power to walk through our every fear for spirit, one spirit 
is in this very room in this very room in this very room so I invite you to know with me allow my words to be yours one life spirits life divine's life in this moment that one life is my life it is perfect in every way shape and form we stand grounded in that truth like never before I stand grounded with my left foot and my right foot upon this beautiful planet knowing that I am connected and grounded to everything and everyone there is only one I speak these words in that clarity and that knowing and that certainty I am lifted and changed and transformed in the chemicalization that allows each and every one of us to put down whatever it is that is unlike these ideas being expressed whatever it may be those ideas that, that served us so well but are no longer necessary are eradicated and dissipated in this moment we give them no more power in our experience when they come along we, we remind ourselves that is a false signal in my life I used to think that way and I used to act from that thinking but no longer that is a false signal and I'm safe and powerful and potent and I stand in the love and I stand in the harmony and the balance and the flow of life like never before let us take this vibration of the most high forward into this hour together into this day into our lives like never before and own it and embody it and each time if we forget just simply come back to that awareness whatever it may be I am reminded wherever it is appropriate I give thanks for this divine intelligence that I stand in beautiful co-creation with understanding there is opportunity in each moment and I give thanks for this opportunity and I release these words in gratitude knowing the highest and the best is done by means of all of us as we stand in this consciousness in this moment at our level of consciousness and it's perfect right here right now for this I give thanks and together we say and so it is thank you thank you Brown beautiful Beautiful, beautiful. And thank you, Ann, wherever Ann went to. She's going to be selling her CDs. She walked in here. I was listening to her CD the other day, and I thought, isn't this interesting? Didn't even know Ann was going to show up to sing for us. But something within me did, know. Ernest Holmes, <clears throat> from Living the Science of Mind, wonderful quote. We can know, know God external to that power of perception by which alone we are conscious of anything. We can know no God external to that power of perception by which alone we are conscious of anything. God must be interpreted to man through man's own nature. So the only way we can know God is through our own nature. And so it is the opportunity to continue to grow in that, in that awareness. Excuse me. To grow in that awareness and that opportunity. And, it, and so as we evolve in consciousness, consciousness precedes experience. You've heard me say that a few other times, but it's true. As consciousness shifts and changes, as we embody a bigger idea of possibility and start to understand who, who we are and whose we are, life is transformed. And so Michael talks about this. Today I want to talk about the nature of authentic happiness. The nature of authentic happiness, uh, <clears throat> Oscar Wilde had this to say. He said, the critic has to educate the public and the artist has to educate the critic. And I believe what we do is art. I don't think it's practical spirituality. It is, but it's more than that. It's art. Spiritual mind treatment becomes an art. The more you apply it, the more you use the words, the more you listen to the conversation, it becomes an art. And I can guarantee that for you. It's an art. Oscar Wilde also said this. He said, what is a cynic? 
It's a man or woman who knows the price of everything and the value of nothing. A cynic is someone who knows the price of everything and the value of nothing. So a rabbi, a Hindu, and a cynic are traveling together, and they come to a, farmer's, they come to a farmhouse, and they knock on the door, and the farmer says, well, he says, I've got room for two people in here, but I don't have room for all three of you. So the Hindu says, don't start moaning yet. So the Hindu says, uh, my friends, I will go sleep in the barn, no problem. I, I, no problem, I've, I've lived on, on farms my whole life and I'll, I'll sleep in the barn. About a half hour goes by, he's going to the barn, he comes back and there's a knock at the door. It's the Hindu and he says, I'm so sorry, but there's a cow in the barn and the cow is sacred in my tradition, I can't possibly sleep in the barn with a cow. And so the rabbi says, okay, I'll go out, I'll sleep with the, in the barn, no problem. And he goes out and half hour goes by and the rabbi's back at the door knocking. He says, I'm sorry, but there's a pig out there. I can't sleep with a pig. So they said, okay. And the cynic says, all right, I'll go. You know, and a cynic is someone that not only is they miserable in their own life, they don't want anybody else to be happy. You know anybody like that? Not only doesn't my life work, I'm going to make sure your life doesn't work. So the, about a half hour goes by and a knock at the door and the farmer opens the door and here's the pig and the cow. Happiness, believe it or not, happiness is our true nature. Happiness is our true nature. Have you ever seen a baby? Happiness is our true nature. And then something happens along the way. Michael says in his chapter that I'm using today, my prayer today is for the courage to be what the Holy Spirit intends for me. I want to be a better opening for God to make me stronger. It would be a better opening for God to make me stronger. See, we're not in this alone, but we think we are. And when we get trapped in that cynical way of thinking and that, and that limited way of being, we, we can't hear the conversation. It's impossible. And so what my spiritual practice has become is when I start to step into the role of cynic, I find myself stepping out of it much sooner. I'm not going there. I'm not going there. But it takes practice because I've gone there so many times. What I've learned when I go there immediately and then I say something from that perspective then I have to spend weeks and months and years in damage control. Happiness is our true nature. But most people don't penetrate deeply enough. We realize happiness at the level of our understanding of happiness. It's exactly what Ernest Holmes was saying about the perception of God. The infinite shows up in our experience at the level of experience we're able to comprehend and to, and to receive an experience. So our opportunity in this practice, in this, this ancient, beautiful, perennial truth is to continue to open up to the possibilities. And that, that flimsy ceiling that I read you that Michael talks about, that flimsy ceiling is that. It's a flimsy ceiling that we can break through at any moment. You know, when the, the Swami was here, we did our uh, gala on Thursday night, and we had a great time. If you weren't there, you missed a great party. We had so much fun. And the Swami beyond Ananda was there. The Swami's a very bright man. He's not just a stand-up comedian. He was quite profound. And, we, and so Laura and I took him to the airport the next day, and the Swami said, you know what? He said, I go to communities all over North America. And he said, maybe your people don't realize how lucky they are. And I said, I realize how lucky I am. Because this is a community that's alive. And we have, we have an opportunity. We have the privilege to move this thing forward in a way that has never been done before. I got a call yesterday from, you know, I want to share a, a wonderful demonstration. I got a call yesterday from a dear friend that is part of the, we are doing the integration of the two organizations. We have the United Centers for Spiritual Living and the International Centers for Spiritual Living. 
And I got a call yesterday. She called and said, I have a warm call for you. And I said, well, what's this all about? And she said, you have been selected as the, the crossover speaker, which is a, an amazing honor, the crossover speaker this year at their annual conference. So every year they invite one speaker from our organization to go over and speak and represent our, our, uh, our movement. And I told Laura, oh, thank you. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and I have to tell you, you know, part of this, what, I, what we do here, it's message-driven. And, and what I know is that this message, I think I'm so proud of our message. And for this to have unfolded in my life, and I told Laura the next day, I said, I am so excited. This is one of the funnest things that's ever happened in my life. But it's a demonstration of commitment and consciousness. And, and I think it's important to celebrate those, those milestones. It's important to, to be able to understand what's being asked and called because it's also frightening. It's exciting, but it makes me shake a little bit. But what I know about shaking is that no, nothing significant ever happens without a little shaking. <laughs> Any encounter with the infinite requires shaking and being uncomfortable. And, I, and when she told me that, I thought, oh, sweet. That's wonderful. She said, yeah, we were in the room, and it's a group from both organizations. And, and they said they had a list of people, and they kept crossing people off the list and crossing people off the list crossing people off the list and they said they got down to the 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 last name on the list and you were the only one left <laughs> it's probably good i'm living in edmonton but it's a joyful thing it's a joyful wonderful thing and it's quite an honor it's as is it's as touched and honored as i have ever been in ministry just be just to be acknowledged at that level because what we're doing here is is amazing and my vision for what we're doing here, you know, we have a fairly sparse crowd this morning at the early one, but everybody's coming for the free lunch at the second one. I know how this works. <laughs> Last year we did the, the luncheon at the Legion Hall. I saw people that I've never met before and haven't seen since. People would walk in with a dozen kids for the free spaghetti dinner. I'm like, fantastic. Well, we ran out of food. We, all of you RSVP'd, but they didn't. So I thought, well, why don't we cater to the captured audience that really has some significance in this this year? And we're, so we're going to do it here. It'll be lovely and beautiful. And I'm excited about it. I'm so excited about what's happening. And this year coming up and the clarity and, and what we're putting together, it's going to be an exciting and fabulous year. Because there's always more to do. There's always more to do. And it's not because we have to. I wouldn't be doing this if I had to. They've never been able to get me to do anything I had to in my life. I remember as a kid in school, I wouldn't pick up a book and read it. I was a great C student. And now I can't put down the books. It's very interesting. What happens with unhappiness is the opportunity for introspection to see how our life choices prevent us from manifesting our natural state of joy. So when we're unhappy, it's a good thing. I'm unhappy here. This isn't working. But to not step into the cynicism and to say it's hopeless, there's just another opportunity. There's another way to think. There's another way to approach this. There's, and that's the courage it takes to do this work. Genuine happiness begins when we become conscious that we are co-creators of our destiny. We are co-creators of our destiny. reason that, that we brought Michael to town. Michael, for me, is an inspiration. He stretches me. He's a visionary. And so I want to hang out with visionaries. I want to hang out with people that stretch me and, and make me shake a little bit. What he says in his book is our soulware, not our software, our soulware is downloaded through meditation, affirmative prayer, spiritual study, visioning, contemplation, and sacred service. 
Our soulware is downloaded through meditation, affirmative prayer, spiritual study, visioning, contemplation, and sacred service. Almost every one of those are the pillars that we talk about in our Passive Discovery class. We stand on those pillars. It's our soulware. I like that. It's not our software. It's our soulware. And these practices, what do these practices do? They regroove our habitual thought patterns and enable us to make wisdom-guided, happiness-producing choices. Wisdom-guided, happiness-producing choices. I am so glad and happy that I am making wisdom-guided and happiness-producing choices. I'm so glad and happy that I am making wisdom-guided and happiness-producing choices. Why don't you say that with me? I am so happy and glad that I am making wisdom-guided and happiness-producing choices. Now, there were three of you that said it with me. Let's try that again. I am so glad and happy that I am making wisdom-guided and happiness-producing choices. Now, the reason I'm asking you to say it with me, you might take that with you this week. Because if, if the, the universe, the infinite law that always says yes is putty, why not plant that? Why not impress that? I always think of silly putty. Remember as kids we had the silly putty? We didn't have silly putty in our house. There were, there were 11 of us. But our friends had silly putty. We had rocks and sticks and hand-me-down clothes. We'd have a stick and rock fight every afternoon. Yeah, we'd walk to school in a foot of snow. So there's four C's of happiness that Michael talks about, four C's, and they're causes, and I want to touch on them. I found so much stuff on happiness. When I get back, now I'm leaving, I'm going, I'm going away, I'm going to the Parliament of World Religions. I'm leaving next Sunday, and I tried to be here Sunday, but the plane takes off too soon. And we have some wonderful speakers lined up for you, so I'm going to ask you a favor. Show up and support these people. They're wonderful consciousness. Show up and support this community in this movement. Just because I'm gone, don't do that. I'll be back. I'll be on fire. I'm going to come back. We're going to Australia for three weeks. And it's, for three Sundays, about 20 days. And it's exciting. And I'm going to, I'm going to meet some people there and, and let them know and, and continue to capture that. Traditions from all over the world show up every five years. Reverend Catherine Cardinal is going to be there. We're going. It's going to be exciting and powerful and wonderful. But I want you to continue to support this community. It's important to do that. It's important because everybody has something important to say. And we have, a, we have a mission and a purpose here. And it's, it's powerful. To change lives and to plant seeds in consciousness and possibility and potential and that you will influence people in your own life simply by the consciousness you are. They don't have to come here. They don't have to sit here. But catch fire with what we're doing and take it out into the world. And then they're going to, what are you, what are you smoking, man? What are you on? I'm on fire because I know that life, I'm here, my natural state of being is joy. And if I'm not in joy, then there's something out of whack. And what I know is I have the tools and I have the wisdom and I have the clarity and I, I'm in co-creation with something that is larger than myself and when I don't know, something within me does know. And it'll be revealed. So whatever needs to shift in consciousness or awareness in this moment for myself, for that to be revealed, I'm ready. I'm willing. See, willingness is... A, we just have to stand in willingness. Willingness is it. You stand in willingness and you're teachable and you're open and you're pliable to this universal intelligence that wants nothing better than to thrive in and through and as you, you get that. You don't waste any time being angry. You can still get ticked off. If you get angry, you, you, you deal with it in the moment and appropriately. And then put it down. I mean, Jesus went over and tipped all the tables over. Some would say he had a bad day. He just had a bigger idea. So the four C's of happiness, the causes, conversation. 
Conversation, the vibration of words. Laura and I have put together a workshop. When we go to the circle of love, we do a thing. I do the opener. It's called Conversation in Heaven. The Heavenly Cocktail Party. Keep your conversation in heaven. And if you don't have something good to say, don't say nothing. When you meet the stranger and you see the beauty and you see the consciousness there and you celebrate that, because if you look for it, you'll find it. That's what Maria Nemeth says. Maria Nemeth in her book, Mastering Life's Energy, said, whatever, whatever conclusions we have reached in our lives, wherever we are, whatever conclusions we make up about ourselves, we are so clever and so wise that we will look out into the world wherever we are and we will extract the very evidence to support the conclusion. So if you believe that you're not intelligent, you're not bright, you're not gifted, you're not talented, everywhere you go, you'll hear from people and you'll filter it in your own consciousness. There it is again. I'm not bright. I'm not intelligent. I'm not good with money. Relationships. Conversation is so important. <clears throat> One of the things you have to give up, though, to start to elevate your, your, your conversation, and it's tough, is gossiping. Yeah, I know. You see people looking at their friends. What are we going to talk about now? But it's true. I remember in ministerial class. I had this. I used to ride to class. We used to ride 40 minutes to get to class. And I rode. And, and our, one of our friends had a Lincoln Continental. So I would sit in the back and I would do my homework. I'll confess this now. I would do my homework on the way to class. And it was not because I didn't want to do my homework. I just didn't have a whole lot of t- I did not create enough space in my life at that time. I did it like I did everything else. I was going 100 miles an hour. Uh, I was, I was a, a building contractor. I was an aspiring actor. I had all these things going, all these balls in the air. But I showed up for every class. But on the way, our practice was gossip. So when our teacher said, no more gossip... On the way, so then for the next year and a half, driving to class with her, I'd say, you know, we're not supposed to be gossiping anymore, right? And she'd say, yeah, I know, and then she'd go right back to gossiping. It's hard. It's hard. But gossiping just, what, what gossiping just simply does is it lowers our vibration. It lowers our vibration. And then all of a sudden we start to extract and bring into our experience people that support us in that, that discussion. Have you ever met really, really wise, wonderful people? Ever seen the Dalai Lama gossiping? I mean, you can look along the walls here. These folks probably had enough interesting things and powerful things to say that they weren't big on gossiping. Conversation, number one. Number two, company. What company are you keeping? Who are you running with? Who are your homies? Are they bringing out the best in you? See, I want to hang out with champions. I listen every day in my meditation and my prayer. I listen every day. What wants to happen here for our community, for myself? Because I know that, that I can only be in service to this community by continuing to grow. And so what I want to do is I want to bring people into my life that help me and support me in that. And then what happens is we have a group of, of leadership here. We keep raising the bar. Keep raising the bar. But what I know is if I'm going to do this job well, that is my responsibility. And I say yes to it. Someone shared with me the other day, we were at a function last night, and someone shared that when I moved in here and I lived here for six months, you know, it was an opportunity for people to fall in love with me. And someone said, I, I could never do that. I could never move to another country and live in the basement of a church for six months. And for Laura and I, it never seemed like there was never a question. But I had done enough work. I had done enough. And my commitment to my teacher who pushed me into this thing, God bless her, 
was that I will walk through whatever door opens. So when I came here and I said, you know, the only way we're going to be able to do this financially is I'll live in the, the nursery. Fortunately, we didn't have a big tenants at that time, no kids, so I could live in there. I slept in that little crib we have down there. It's really tight. <laughs> but it never occurred to me not to do that because I was ready. I was ready, and Laura was ready. And it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy at all. Company. What company are you keeping? And are they bringing out the best in you? I want to read this on page 230 of Michael's book. It's a short little take on this, but very powerful. This is a wonderful book. Man, oh man, you can pick this up and read a paragraph and, and be shifted. When a community gathers together, this is what we're doing, when a community gathers together to meditate, to pray, to study, and serve, an alchemical process occurs that accelerates the evolutionary process of all who are present. When you, when you come here, it is a gift to everyone. And it is an alchemical experience, whether you know it or not. And if you're open to it, and as you shift and change in consciousness, all of a sudden a genius that is seeking you, and only you, has an opportunity to make an impression. But if there's an, and, I, and as I said when I came out this morning, there's something that happens when we come together in community. But it only happens when we set that intention, and we call it forth, and we nurture it. And the reason that this, this center is so dynamic, I know we're called we're called to do the best we can with this beautiful teaching. We've been given the keys to the kingdom. If you think about what we have here, it is unlimited. If these are the keys to the kingdom. To give birth to consciousness individually and collectively on this planet that is so necessary at this point in time. We don't even have an option. And I am just called by that so clearly. Because I tell you, there are days when I'm having conversations with people and I'm asking for prayer support and I'm asking for guidance and then I'm following the guidance and raising the bar. We're raising the bar right now for all leadership here. And it's, it, it, there's part of me that just says, oh man, this is just too hard. And then I go home and I think about it for 15 minutes and I think, what else are you going to do, buddy? Where are you going to go? You're too old to join the circus anymore. The third one is challenges. And challenges are great awakeners. They and to learn how to welcome challenges, they help us unleash our highest potential. What great avatar on this planet did not face challenges? They help us unleash our greatest... See, if you got into this because you think it's easy, you're in the wrong church. You're in the wrong spiritual community. I'm just telling you right now. This ain't easy at all. But it's wonderful and it's powerful and it's celebrated. And you can quit any time. Don't you love that? I was over there for three years. I finally quit on that guy. Oh, I feel so good now. <laughs> I did that several times. Then I'd go off. I'd play golf for six months. And life would start to spin back into the habitual patterns and the ways of thinking that were so comfortable and familiar for me. And I'd be broke, angry, cynical, resentful, sick, <laughs> miserable, confrontational. And I'd take a deep breath and realize I need to go back and get into another class. I need to get back to work with my practitioner. So my, my path was not linear. I went kicking and screaming the whole way. I get things working, puff out my chest, I'm done. Ha! I'm never going back. Never going to have to usher again, move the piano, set out the chairs. Because everywhere I went, they, had to, you know, they were renting space. I mean, to have chairs here, we don't have to set out while well, we move them once in a while. Most centers, you know, most centers, I've been around a lot of ministers in my life, and they are devoted, and they are sincere, and they're wonderful people. 
because they're trying really hard. But I'll tell you what, it takes more than just trying really hard. And I don't say that to you because I think that I'm different than them, but I just know in my heart of hearts. When the Swami said that, that to me, he said, man, you, got a, a, you have a community based on what I just saw this night that is alive. He said, this is amazing, you can pull this off. He said, most communities I go to, they can't do anything like this. And I know I keep pushing and pushing and pushing. We did Michael Beckwith, we do the gala. The people that showed up, you know, we had half the amount of people this year that we had last year, and I think we made just about as much money. See, it doesn't matter who you got. You know, it doesn't matter how many are in the room, it matters who you got in the room. And people are committed to this. And so then the opportunity and the challenge is for, for us as leadership to, to, take that, to take those resources and use it wisely and use it well. We're not going to have time to do that song, by the way. I'm on a roll here, so I told Brown. I came in at the last minute and asked Brown if I could sing a song. And the last one is commitment, 232. The inspiration of words is easier to accommodate than the perspiration of practice. We can talk all we want. That's what I mean about trying hard. You can talk all you want. But then you got to do. Remember what Yoda said? There's no try. Just do. You're going to be a Jedi warrior, Jedi knight. Do. We don't want to become spiritual junkies running from seminar to seminar, quoting their teachers, but practicing nothing. Going on pilgrimages to exotic power spots can inspire us, but cannot take the place of the simple commitment to take a seat under the Bodhi tree of our own consciousness and face the sometimes boredom and sometimes bliss of meditation practice. People come up to me all the time and say, I can't meditate. Don't like it. Who said you had to like meditation? Who said you were going to enjoy meditation? When I talk about meditation, I'm not talking about meditation so that you'll enjoy it. You can watch television and enjoy it. Meditation is different. Meditation is the willingness to sit down right where you are, however you are, and be present with yourself. Sometimes in meditation, I'll sit and cry for a half an hour. Whatever it is but to have the courage to do that and be present with whatever is. Sometimes my meditation is so bumpy because I'm in such a rage about something someone said to me. And that's wonderful stuff. Because then I get to say, what the hell is going on in there? Who's upset about this right now? Because i got a whole committee in there having a conversation. <laughs> Knock it off. What is going on in here? What hooked you? What are you why are you running with this? Wise commitments do not bind us. They free us. Wise commitments do not bind us. They free us. Consciousness, the awareness of consciousness is the ability to be aware that you are aware. That's what consciousness is. The ability to be aware that you are aware. And to be present with whatever is going on in your life. Your sense of competition, your sense of life ain't fair, your sense of whatever it may be that's going on within you. It's just stuff. It's just stuff. See, the, the ego, see, the ego is, a, is a seductress. It's its job. It's a seductress. And the seduction is that you believe what the ego is telling you. And, I, and what spiritual practice has done for me, it doesn't, my ego still has a voice because it's, it's there all the time. But what's happened is, is that when I, I realize what the seduction is, let's just say, no, those are false signals. I used to think that way. See, spirit wants, as I said last week, spirit just wants everything. Spirit wants everything at the end of the day. Wants all of that, those stories and all that stuff. Those stories are wonderful. They help shape us. Our stories, the, the way we break through, 
wonderful stuff. And, this, and the pain and, the, and the, the, the anguish and the uncertainty and the chaos that has brought us to this moment, those are all the gifts. Those are the opportunities. And consciousness, as we grow in consciousness, it's the ability to be aware that we're aware what consciousness is. You want to keep the contents of your consciousness attuned to the harmonious flow of life. There is a rhythm. It's really present right now. We've been talking about it. You've been having a conversation with me. You've been driving this conversation. When I'm here with you on Sunday, there's stuff that shows up. I don't know where it comes from. And all of a sudden, I'm telling you a story that I thought, what is it? You and I are driving this conversation right now. Attuned to the harmonious flow of life, to the laws governing the universe. See, we believe there's laws that govern the universe that are unseen. And there's where the power lies. And to give birth to that consciousness is our opportunity each and every day. For us to thrive individually, we thrive collectively. And how do we tap into that? What are the spiritual practices that allow us to thrive? I'm not just talking financially. I'm talking in every area of our lives. We are not here. If we are living in anything less than the expectancy of great joy and great life in our lives, we're just selling ourselves short. As you catch the realization, and you've got to catch it, catch the realization that your consciousness is limitless, you will realize that I am here to live beyond self-imposed boundaries. I am so grateful and happy to know that I am here to live beyond self-imposed boundaries. You can put I am so grateful and happy that in front of everything. I am here to live beyond self-imposed boundaries, to break through the flimsily constructed ceiling on my experience of life. That flimsily constructed ceiling on my experience of life. You will then participate in the co-creative dance of life, not as a successful problem solver. Because many people come into these doors and they're in such pain and suffering, and the pain, they start to mitigate the pain, and all of a sudden they just realize, oh my gosh, I'm just so happy. The pain's over. It's like putting the, the right size shoes on finally. This is good. Uh uh. Uh uh. That's just the beginning. God wants all of us. All of us. All of me. Spirit wants all of us. And the great thing is, as we step into it and step into it and step into it more and more and more, we realize, man, this is home. I'm home. This isn't hard. I said, life never gets easier. I think it gets clearer. And then we waste less and less time being miserable. Because the clarity, we are. That's the gift to the world. Then your genius can emerge. And then the songs can be written and the poetry can be expressed. You will then participate in the co-creative dance of life, not as a successful problem solver, but as an individual who is taking full possession of your spiritual inheritance of joy, love, harmony, and creativity. That's where I'm going. I'll see you there. So it is.